Down Sports. As the Kings get the vibes right, thanks to Mason Jones, the Niners are attempting to get the vibes right as they move on from Steve Wilkes. He's in the booth. Get him out the booth. He's on the sideline. He's zero blitzing. He's doing too much blitzing. Calling timeouts during the Super Bowl. Kyle Shanahan doesn't like what he sees. And now he's moving on. And the more we hear about this thing, they are top five defense. The more we hear about it, it, the more we learn. Not that not that we didn't already know, but you know, I've heard people say that Vikings game, that Vikings game, it was just, it was just bad, man. And and to me, that was just me, right? That said that. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm getting people reaching out. So I asked the question, and I'm getting a lot of responses here. I'm I'm getting a lot of responses to the question I asked. I said, so everyone's saying, if you don't get the Wilkes firing, you didn't watch the Niners this season. Are you saying that the Niners having a top five defense is in spite of Wilkes or that having a top five defense wasn't good enough? Because I just want people to stop acting like it was a disaster. What I'm confused about is when it's an effort, again, going back to culture fit, the fact that the that we're talking about effort, is it effort or scheme? Because for the Lions game to look the way it looked and then for the Niners D-line to look the way they looked to start the Super Bowl, is that a scheme thing or did it just require more effort from the Niners? That's what I've been confused about. Because yeah. you can't, and if the effort wasn't there because they weren't feeling Wilkes, that's fine. But let's not act like it was a defensive disaster. That's, yeah. that's where I'm at with this. If it wasn't a good fit and it wasn't good enough, that's okay. Right. That's okay. But let's not act like it was a disaster. Yeah. Leland wants to have a conversation about Steve Wilkes. Let's get to Leland and see what he has to say. What's up, Leland? You're on Styles and Watkins. Good morning, fellas. Watching you guys on YouTube today. Thanks. Oh, appreciate that. Shout out to Sack Chat. What you got for us? Hey, you know, um, I respect that the Niners want to improve the organization, improve the coaching staff. It's the way it happened that doesn't set well with me. Mm-hmm. And it feels like they decided before the Super Bowl that they're going to get rid of Steve Wilkes, mm-hmm. you know? Um yeah, everybody hated that first half against the Lions. And I couldn't, you know, I played D line. It just broke my heart to see the effort that I saw the men and the lack of pursuit of the runner. You know, everybody's been over that. I don't want to rehash that. But you know what? They got it straightened out for the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. They shut down Pacheco. They held the Chiefs to 19 points during regulation. I think, uh, I think the Niners defense was the best it's been in a long time. Certainly since that five-game winning streak at the beginning of the season, mm-hmm. you know, when we thought, wow, this is this is terrific. So uh, Shanahan and Lynch, they can look at the toolbox and say, oh, we need a new tool. This tool's got to go. Let's improve it. It's just the way they did it. They didn't tell him ahead of time. They didn't let Steve Wilkes say, you know what, I'm going to move on. Mm-hmm. I'm going to look for another job. Now there's no positions, and I hope. I hope that they have to pay this man some money for shortchanging him right at the end. And one more thing, if you give me another moment, mm-hmm. okay? Um, I, I at first I thought that the uh, Daryl Daryl uh, Luter Jr. when he you know messed up the right the, the punt. punt, yeah, I thought that was all on him. That he, the he that the moment was too big for him, but honestly, the moment was too big for Kyle Shanahan. And he's the one that's choking, and he's letting the team down. They, yeah. And, no, thanks for the call, Leland. 
Uh, the, so the punt thing, I was talking to my buddy who was on a – he went to the state championship in, in high school. They didn't win it, but they went. And At he day went, law? No, 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 oh, Palo Alto. Like, Palo Alto on, High. And that holds some weight now. <laughs> no, well, Palo Alto High, you know, yeah, they had, like I said, Jock and Devontae yeah, Adams, yeah, they were at Palo Alto High. No, no so, shade, no shade. So he said that that could have been on Ray Ray because as a punt returner, gotta when, yell Peter, right? you got to yell Peter. Got to make did, sure everyone hears it. Right, so Ray Ray either didn't yell it loud enough and then decides I'm a playmaker <laughs> um, and says that out loud, I'm just going to try to pick this up. But my buddy also said I. it's hard because – when you pick up the football, the whole thing is about lanes, right? right so yes. Ray Ray was trying to make a play because at that point, because of the deflection, the lanes, lanes were, were all open. messed up. Right. So there, he could have been it's a busted play essentially. At that it, point. Yeah, it could right. have been historic, but you you know ate too much popcorn before the game <laughs> and couldn't pick up the football, and now we're looking at it a different way. So I thought that was really interesting perspective from him. But, yeah, back to Leland's point about Steve Wilkes. I don't know if they could have let him go. The question is that I thought was really interesting with people saying would they have moved on if they won. And I think they would have, but I think that if they would have, it would have been more like what Leland said. Yeah. It would have been more, more ceremonious. Hey, for yeah, sure. let's let's say that we're, we're, we're parting ways or yep. however we want to do it. Hey, Wilkes, we don't want you to look bad. Right. Let's do it this way. Now, I'm pretty sure these contracts, you got to pay them out. To look for new opportunity or yes, something. Yes, exactly, exactly. It. Now, I'm pretty sure all these dudes got to get cashed out. That's like the only time yes. that they respect contracts when it comes to the coaches, not the players, right? So I'm pretty sure that money-wise, Wilkes would be He'll okay. Be but yeah, Leland is right. There's nowhere else. Are there any open D.C.? I don't, roles right now? I, there not can't to my be. knowledge, but I'm, I'm not sure. They're, I'm not I don't think so. Sure. I don't think so. So, yeah. Is Seattle? Don't know. I don't know. I know they got their coach. <laughs> yeah, but okay. yeah, That's so, the only one I could think so of. So, he's got to take a step back because he'd have to be a, a DB coach or something like that. So, I think Leland makes a good point. It's a, yeah. Unfortunately, it's a cold world, and they weren't able to get it done. But it's a confusing situation because there's the Super Bowl itself, and then there's the season. Right, so people that probably didn't watch the every single Niners game like we did, they're talking about the Super Bowl, and they're not necessarily wrong. Could he possibly be getting scapegoated for the Super Bowl? Both things can be true. He could be getting scapegoated for the Super Bowl, but it wasn't a great fit all season long. Right. I think I think the Super Bowl was the straw that broke the camel's back. But in a weird way, it wasn't because right. they because, actually played well right. in the Super Bowl. Right. Besides Kyle Shanahan not seeing a look, well, I and, think that's and, I think that look. But was they the still, moment. but they still didn't yeah. stop them. Yeah, they still didn't stop. It was the fact I, that yeah. Yeah. I think he probably feels like you made me waste a timeout in a precious mm-hmm. moment because something in Kyle's eyes, I'd imagine it's. You did something so poorly mm-hmm. that I had to halt the game, waste the timeout, and instead of just, you know, letting it ride, and, you know, we were we were in Vegas, they were in Vegas, just letting that thing ride with mm-hmm. the risk, he said, no, I have to stop this or else this could be catastrophic to this game. I would guess that that moment right there is where Kyle said, I'm done. I'm done with it. Like, and you yeah. know emotions he at that point. He doesn't want to have to deal 12. with it. He does he, – he, he doesn't want to have to deal yeah. with doing anything defensive. That's and what probably... every great manager says, right? Yes. Is that my, I the, what I want as a manager is to not have to micromanage. Yes. And I think in that moment, Kyle said, this guy is forcing me to micromanage, and I don't want to do that. Yes, from the 916, how about his personality didn't fit with the team? Pretty easy to figure out. They're not firing him if he's a perfect fit from the 916. That's where I'm at. It's yeah. a culture fit. Yeah. Right? When you when you apply to a new job, it the pay might look good. And then you get into the the office and you think, 
oh, man, these guys, they party a lot, and I'm not really right. like that, or they're all super outgoing, and I'm not. And sometimes it's the company that says, you look great on paper. It's not that. It's just we don't think it's a good culture fit, or you tell them that. I think that's what that is, yeah. right? That's why I think it's a tough situation for Steve Wilkes because it's not about him as a coach, and, of course, Kyle Shanahan says all the right things. Right. It wasn't a good culture fit. You 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 tried to go away. They talked about going away from the tree, right, from what their scheme typically is, right. and it didn't work out. And I don't think they necessarily gave him the tools. They didn't let Wilkes bring in all of his guys. He couldn't run his scheme. No. They tried, For whatever reason, they wanted to fix the DB yeah. situation, which they did, and they decided even though we fixed the DBs, we regressed with the run. We regressed in other areas. So – I don't so it it wasn't good enough right. for us to keep him because basically we'd rather figure out the DB thing right. and go back to what we're more comfortable with right. versus making the DBs better and losing out on things that we're normally really good at. Yeah. But when you talk about rushing four, I, yeah, depends on the four. If my four is Chase Young, Hargrave, uh, Bosa, you know, if that's the four, right? And Armstead, if that's the four. That's a pretty darn good four. They're not yeah. bums. So you would think on paper, that's why you paid these dudes. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to bring extra pressure. But it didn't end up working out. Is that Wilkes? Is that the scheme? Is that effort? Is that effort due to them not believing in Wilkes? That's what it seems like. So I, I think Leland makes some good points. Some people on the text line aren't necessarily agreeing with him, but that's what's good about sports. We can all have different opinions. But ultimately, I think it was – I just – I think it was more of a culture fit versus this was a complete disaster. Yeah. The boot thing, he him having to apologize. I think it was after the was it after the Vikings game making him do apologies. It was just weird. It was just weird. Yeah, no, I mean I I think uh to bring it back to just, you know, something like I I think it's just a a work thing in general too. Like sometimes, you know, especially when a place has been successful, and they have a, a bit of turnover, they're like, hey, we don't want you, this new hire, to come in and bring in everything that you feel like you right. bring to the table. This is a winning formula that we have. Just fall in line. Just do what the person before you did and will be successful. And I think that's tough. That's a tough situation to walk into. Everybody feels like, I would love to put my imprint on this. I think that I can make some things better. But yeah. if you're being told that from the start, hey – it's great that you have ideas, but let's if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And I think that's just I, I think from the start it was gonna be a natural, you know, a, a natural push and pull, and it clearly just never smoothed out. And no. you know, it's yeah, like you said, you highlighted everything from from the from the the booth questions to just everything that went on this season. It just never felt like things were going uh going well for Steve Wilkes and, mm -hmm. and just his his cohesiveness with the organization. Question is now did they have somebody in mind? Do they have someone in they mind? Or is so. it just yeah. literally anybody else would be better <laughs> than Steve Wilkes? Which is which I don't yeah. know which one I guess I, I guess I I I don't know if you're Steve Wilkes, I don't know which one's worse. The fact that they might have already had somebody immediately in mind to replace you, or like I said, that they're just like, I don't care. We just want to open it up and see if anybody else would be a better it's fit. It's the latter. It's the latter. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, if you sucks, had somebody man. and if it's Vrabel or yeah. somebody like that, if you're Wilkes, you can be like, all right, I get, I get it. it. I get it. If Bill Belichick is yeah. taking my job, okay. I get it. But if it's just 
Yeah, we just try to find yeah. somebody, but it can't be any worse than this no. because that affects Steve Wilkes' ability. I guess he just takes a year off to here. get hired somewhere else. Yeah. Though. Well, he'll join a staff for sure. Someone yeah. will take him, but it's going to be a question asked of him of so, so what, what went, wrong? went wrong? And I'm and I'll sit there and say, I mean, look, there's things on paper, there's things off of paper. We had a top five defense, right? I, absolutely. So, His resume can't. I mean, at least for the year, it it. It, he got what he needed out yeah, of it for right. his resume. The scheme, and that's what's just so funny about the Niners, right? So this is what happens when you're the Niners, basically, is what I'm learning. You win the Super Bowl or you play or or you play really well and your dudes get poached. You lose the Super Bowl and we're going to can you. Yeah. That's the, those are two options. Yeah. We're never going to, to sustain any coordinators because we're either going to win and be successful and you'll get poached or we're going to fire right. you because you weren't good enough. I will say, too, though, like to the Niners organization's defense, we can't be on these airwaves every week saying it's Super Bowl or bust and then have them not accomplish that yeah. and then just have nothing done yeah no that's like fair. you got to do something you know you, Th- that's something fair. went wrong and again even if it is just saying steve steve wilkes is the scapegoat that's what it is but it i i think where where uh leland the caller kind of uh took this thing and i definitely agree is the fashion in which they did it is it's just not great either. It's just a bad look. Yeah, it, it does come off very scapegoaty. But all right, gotta go. When we get back, continuing the conversation, Niners and Kings, Styles and Watkins, Sacktown Sports. Sacktown Sports. Check us out on YouTube. Search Sacktown Sports and subscribe. There is something to be said about getting out of a situation early. And, you know, that's that's sometimes that's what you have to do. They, they didn't see this thing working out with Steve Wilkes. And it's better to just admit when something is wrong versus try to work it out. And if they think that, you know, there were foundational differences, it just it, they're just admitting, look, uh, to your point, Chris, they the Niners have been very good and quick about when they make a mistake, they move forward. Trey Lance not working out, they got him up out of here. Steve Wilkes wasn't working out, they got him up out of here. They do not try to convince themselves, hey, well, maybe this or maybe that. They just say, we whiffed. Cut your losses. Yeah, we whiffed, cut your losses, and, and let's move forward. 1 o'clock, Live Nation has teamed up with Sacktown Sports for your chance to see Daniel Tosh. At Hard Rock Live, April 12th. All you have to do is hit up the Folsom Lake Honda hotline at 1 o'clock. Chris is picking the caller today. Oh, I'm thinking about it. For more information, visit SacktownSports.com. All guests and callers join us from the Folsom Lake Honda hotline. Folsom Lake Honda, your one-stop Honda shop. We will be joined by Brad SF Niners. We spent a lot of time with Brad in Vegas, so we will catch up with Brad at 12 o'clock to get his thoughts on Steve Wilkes. Brad, and I'll give him his flowers when he gets gets on the air, but... YouTube is going crazy. Yep. Instagram going crazy. He he actually CC'd me with the Cam Newton thing because he talked to Cam really? Newton and the game and the and the game changer game manager thing. So shout out to Brad. We'll have him yes. on at at one p.m. as we continue the conversation about the Niners. We'll have him on at twelve because at one p.m. we are doing the ticket giveaway for Daniel Tosh. But yeah, they they just cut their losses and and that's just how how it has to be sometimes. Yeah, in a weird way I respect it for sure. I mean, you know, cuz I do think the the situation where a lot of teams end up, I mean, you can look at 
the other San Francisco team, right? Golden State. I mean, they tried to make the Wiseman thing work. You could argue they they cut it, cut those a losses little. A, a little bit later. I yeah. mean, it was it was still pretty good timing, but um, you know, you could Kaminga Moody. I, I think that there's a lot of situations in which teams will just try and make it work for the sake of of not looking foolish and trying to salvage even a little bit of of pride and. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, yeah, you got to give the Niners credit because I do think if you feel like something isn't going your way and you feel like you have a way of doing things and and things are not all being pulled in that direction, wh- why wait around and and let it, you know, let let the 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 cancer possibly spread, you know, cut that thing out and and keep it pushing. And I think that's that is an example of why the 49ers are a really really good organization for sure because there's a lot of pride swallowing that goes along with just straight up firing a dude like that yeah from the 925 how many whiffs before it falls on the gm or head coach great question great question i don't know yeah. but when you're... i mean that's probably more on shanahan than than lynch right? yeah the, like... pr- the thing is though if your whiffs are still ending up in the <laughs> NFC Bowl. Championship and Super Bowls, then yep. they're not going to get touched. Never. That's the whole thing about the Shanahan thing. Coaches don't get fired for not winning the big one because yep. owners are still cashing out. Yep. Coaches get fired for regressing. Yep. If the Niners regress, then you'll have a conversation. I, I did a lot of research on Andy Reid, right? I'm trying to remember it off the top of my head, and I, and I tweeted it as well. But essentially, Andy Reid – Went four years, I believe four or five years, after losing his last NFC championship. He had five NFC championships Mm. throughout the course of 14 years. After he went to his last NFC championship, they gave him essentially four or five more years where he lost in the wild card twice, Mm. and then he didn't go to the the playoffs. He went eight and eight one year, didn't go to the playoffs. Then his last year, he went four and 12. So there was a clear regression after 14 years, then they moved forward. Kyle Shanahan's in year seven, yeah. okay, or just finished year seven. He's been to more Super Bowls than Andy Reid. Andy Reid had only went to one, mm-hmm. and he's already been to three NFC championships. Andy Reid went to five in 14 years. Right. So what I'm saying is Kyle Shanahan's not going anywhere. Anywhere. Yeah, he's not no, going anywhere. I, I, I definitely think that, you know, there's a there's a good chance that I could see Kyle Shanahan. I mean, he's, he's still a younger coach, too. Like, yeah. it could be, a, a, you know, I know Bill Belichick obviously has the, the Super Bowl rings, and that's why he stayed, but – you know, he he could I could see him even if he let's just live in a the worst possible universe where the Niners don't win a Super Bowl in the next five or six years. Mm-hmm. I think he's done enough for that team and he's still young enough to where I, I don't know why you would move on from him unless you are trying to hard you know, plant a flag down that no, we are going to do a hard rebuild until that happens, which you know, maybe maybe injuries will dictate it. I don't know. And until they feel like they are going to do a hard reset, I just I don't I can't see Kyle Shanahan leaving. And even then, I would think that maybe you would, you know, just like the Patriots gave Bill Belichick a couple years for his rebuild. You know, if you're going to rebuild from the ground up, you, Shanahan could probably lay a pretty good foundation. So even then, I, I just I can't see an end for it. No, me neither. Dwayne Baker on the sack chat. Shanahan called the timeout, changed the coverage, and it didn't work. And that is on Wilkes question mark. That <laughs> is on Shanahan. Point. Dwayne also says they cut their losses everywhere except for the head coach. But Dwayne, yeah. that's what we're saying. You, they're going to super. They're yeah. going to Super Bowls every four years. They go right. to NFC Championship every other year. Yeah. You're not gonna find that anywhere else. Yeah. Other other fan bases would would kill for something like you, that. Let me tell you. 
They sure would. All right. Before we get to a break, let's get to Steven who wants to be a part of the conversation. Steven, what you got for us? Good morning, boys. Morning. 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 I feel like, uh, uh, I feel like um, uh, uh, Kyle Shanahan is not going to make a defensive move, especially after being a runner-up to a Super Bowl. I don't think anybody in God's green earth, and I don't think anybody would have who has, you know, any kind of sense, all right, because common sense ain't so common anymore, boys. Mm-hmm. So I don't think anybody would have any sense after being the runner-up to a Super Bowl and having the, the playoff success that Shanahan has had. If you don't have someone lined up for that defensive coordinator position upon, upon letting him go, you let go of Steve Wilkes after being the runner-up to the Super Bowl, after going to the NFC Championship the prior year, with a rook, with with Mister Irrelevant. Okay, do you really think that? Do you really think that 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 he wouldn't have somebody lined up? I I'm kind of with Dave on this one, man. I really think that they're in the next couple of days. I'm assuming 100. percent They're gonna they're gonna announce something. They're gonna drop Mike Rabel or the other Belichick or something. You know what I'm saying? I don't think they're gonna get Bill. Mike Rabel, he's a solid raw raw guy. Obviously, they say he's intimidating. Um, but get that man in there, man. Get somebody that's going to be, that's going to replace, uh, what, uh, 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 what Sala and D'Amico Ryan's had, because obviously after that pro that, uh, that post game presser that Shanahan had, mm-hmm. those were the two names that he had mentioned specifically. He says it was kind of a, it was kind of a, you know, it sucked to lose him and it sucked to lose the other guy. And, you know, now we have Steve Wilkes, and, you know, it just it seems like that is the type of environment that they're looking for. And you don't just fire a defensive coordinator like that. I mean, you, you do, but you don't just fire a defensive coordinator like that without having somebody else in the line. So Yeah, thanks for the call, Stephen. We're, uh, we're up against it. Yeah, I, I think that – no, I've never I, – I agree with Dave. I think they have somebody waiting. I don't know who that person is, but, yeah, there are two options here. Either they do or they don't, but – this late in the game when there are a lot of openings from the bad teams that, that have already been filled, they probably have at least two guys in mind and they are working out who it's going to be based on who accepts it, who wants what, and they go from there. I, I do not think that this is just a random thing and they have nobody nobody waiting. All right, got to get to a break. When we get back, back to Kings talk. How far can they go if they play like last night? Styles and Watkins, Sackdown Sports. Kings break up a drive to the basket. Ball's in the hands of Trey Lyles. He gives it up. Here's Malik Monk running on the far side. Or Fox, I should say. Fox goes glass. He scores. And the Kings are right on the doorstep. Timeout taken by Michael Malone in Denver. It's 80-79 to 79 with 8.20 to go. Will the real, and I feel like we've done this before, will the real Sacramento Kings please stand up? Who are you? Yeah. Honestly, though, you did say that the game before they played well. They just couldn't get it done. So it's not Mm -hmm. like they played like trash and then played well yesterday. They have been playing a good brand of basketball. It just wasn't enough a couple nights ago and was enough last night. So you should feel optimistic if you are a Kings fan. If they play like this, if they play like what they did last night and to a lesser degree, on Tuesday against the Suns, 
should I feel more confident that they can get past the first round? Um, I think the thing that I've kind of started to wrap my brain around, and shout out Brendan, it's been a lot of conversations with Brendan about it, is just kind of, you know, in the playoffs, it's a bit of a different beast. And, you know, in the playoffs, obviously, you're only playing good teams. You're not going to be playing Detroit's. You're not going to be playing, you know, the Toronto's, the Atlanta's, the, you know, you you guys get it. Um, And so I think that it's really, really positive that this team has tangible victories against good teams because, you know, in the playoffs, effort's not going to be an issue. You know, every single game, they're going to give 100%. There is no nights off in the playoffs. And so I think, you know, through an 82-game season, it's tough to be consistent for 82 nights. So I'm going to start to focus more on how they look against top competition and what kind of things are they throwing out there against that competition to try and replicate playoff situation so I'm I'm just kind of more focusing now on these guys effort if if the question of the game is effort just throw it out you just have to throw it out because those things are not going to help you try and determine the ceiling of this team the ceiling of this team is determined by games against Denver games against OKC games against the Clippers the Celtics like the, the top tier teams in the NBA do the Kings just look flat out outmatched against those teams is what really matters. Well, but I will say that I get what you're saying for the playoffs, right? But I do think that it has to be against the Hornets. It has to be against these other teams because I don't care how good the effort is if you're in the play-in. I just don't feel confident. So you have, you do have to t- – I, I hear what you're saying, but you have to take care of business – what they did last night is great. What they did against the Suns, they, they came to play. But the effort, does it, it doesn't matter for the playoffs, but it does matter now because it could put you in a bad situation sure. for the playoffs. Sure, I think the, the I just don't know how good of a – like if the Kings give those efforts in those, you know, whatever, four or five games and they flip, I, I just – I don't know. Like you're, you're talking about maybe a, a position or two, and I just think at the end of the day in the playoffs for your ceiling – you're going to have to play good teams. Again, every single round you're going to be playing a good team. So, you know, what I I just I feel like at the end of the day if you if you can match up with the good opponents, to me that I, yeah, I understand your your confidence meter and and all that kind of thing, but I I just I ultimately just feel like at the end of the day it it sucks, but it just I just don't think it matters in the long run. Like mm-hmm. I I think the you know, you're going to have to beat the Lakers anyway. It shouldn't matter if you're a two seed or a seven seed. You're going to have to beat the Nuggets. You're going to have to beat those teams anyway. So, um, you know, at the end of the day, positioning is nice for home court advantage. But um, honestly, the Kings haven't been ex- – I mean, they've been a lot better this year than they were last year at home, but it's not like they were last year's Warriors at home anyway. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I, I hear you, though. I, I And I'm not trying to – I shouldn't say it doesn't matter at all because it definitely does matter. Um, but, I mean, in terms of just effort being a, a big reason why they've lost a couple of those games, that ultimately I just sh- – I guess it shouldn't hurt my perception of this team as yeah. much as it has. Right, and, and as we talk about – as we talk about how these guys haven't really sat and Sabonis hasn't stopped playing, you know, you uh, th- that extra game 
when you have to go to the play-in, depending on where you are right now, they're in the the eighth seed, so they'd have to go to Dallas, yes, right? Yep. They'd have to go to Dallas and win. That's that's Luka, yeah. and that that's not a good team. Not that there are good teams. Like you said, everyone's good, but that's a Luka and a Kyrie and a one-game sample. I, I'd prefer not to do that, right? I don't I, mind Dallas. Dallas doesn't scare me. I don't I right, right. I'm just deathly afraid of the play in period. Sure. Yeah. Right? Everybody should be. So if you look, they all have the Pelicans have twenty two losses, the Suns have twenty two losses, that's the fifth and sixth seed. And the Mavericks, the Kings both have twenty three. We just need the Pelic we just yeah. one of these teams is gonna fall off. Yeah. Absolutely. It's just are who is going to get to that sixth seed? Because one of these teams is gonna fall off. I just I know it. Yeah, absolutely. There's no way. I mean, hopefully I, again, it's not the Kings that falls off. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't think so. I think the Pelicans are are probably my team that I would bet to fall off. They fell off last year. They've been very healthy this year. Strangely, um, it's just you know whether it be Zion and Brandon Ingram or even CJ McCollum, I, I just can't see that team staying healthy. Phoenix too. I mean, Bradley Beal. We saw five minutes of Bradley Peel the other night yeah. before he got injured, and he already had a face mask on, yeah. and apparently he already had a busted ankle, and then he hurts his knee, and it's like, okay, this thing is just – it's its going to be tough for this guy to play seven games in one round. Forget about getting through two or three rounds or maybe even four rounds. Uh, so I, I, don't, I don't necessarily believe in Phoenix either with how uh, much they've kind of relied on Book and, and KD – I feel like the Kings are in a fine spot. I, I think with how well uh, they ended the break, I think the guys understand that uh, it's all on them. There's no help coming. Mm-hmm. And a lot of bets uh, in terms of internally, Monty McNair has bet on this roster. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they're going to feel that. And I think that they're going to give a really, really good push. And uh, they have experience doing this last year too. As as nice as that is to, uh, to say now is that the Kings have experience doing exactly this last year. And, um, you know, it's a little bit crazy to try and replicate 15 and five, but I do think that they're going to come out with a different level of energy in the second half or the second sprint. I they guess are so. six and four against the top four teams in the West, one and one against the Timberwolves, two and one against the Thunder, oh, and two against the Clippers, three and oh, against the Nuggets. That's not bad at all. No. And then, yeah, you can throw the Lakers in there. I think they're mm-hmm. they're undefeated against the Lakers. Uh, the Warriors, I believe they're now at a season split with. Mm-hmm. Um, Dallas, they have a good record with. Uh, it's really, I mean, it's, it's New Orleans, it's the Clippers, and uh, it, it's it's uh, it's the Rockets, who we haven't seen since those two games. Mm-hmm. Those are really the teams that have just absolutely been cannot have it matchups with the Kings. I think we all know the Pelicans is, is definitely the big one. Um, but the Clippers, too. I mean, I, I feel like the Clippers are probably going to end up near more up towards the top of the Western Conference, which is another reason why the Kings desperately need to stay out of the play-in. But mm-hmm. um, really, I mean, I, I feel like I feel pretty good about, about the Kings at least having a shot in most of those playoff series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not all of them, right? And them. you know, each and things is, change too. Yeah, each year is different, and we know that the Kings were able to be a three seed last season with a record that isn't typically a three seed record, right. and you're seeing it come back to reality this season and and it's a mess as usual and it's a very I think it's a very confusing year right and a very confusing season because if you asked Kings fans how do you feel like the Kings have done you would feel man I mean I think they've done pretty well and the fact that they're currently in the play and it just goes to show how ridiculous this season has been yeah 
I mean, everyone's been healthy. Everyone's played well. It's, uh, I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a real flex on the Western Conference mm-hmm. to show uh, how good they are. Because, I mean, even like I was watching, uh, who was it, Orlando? Orlando was playing somebody yesterday, and I was just like, you know, this Orlando team really isn't that good. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I know they've fallen in the standing since. I think they're a seven seed, but just the fact they that they beat the Knicks yesterday. The Knicks, that's what it yeah. was. It was the Knicks. Um, they and, and the, the Knicks, Knicks are great actually. too. The, yeah, yeah, the Knicks did not look good at all yesterday. Um, but I was just thinking, like, yeah, if the Orlando Magic are the eight seed in the East right now, mm-hmm. and the Kings are the eight seed in the West. Just how different it feels. Like, Mm -hmm. looking at Orlando, they have Paolo, they have Franz. They were starting Anthony Black, their rookie yesterday, Caleb Houston, who was like a second-round pick. It's just the the difference in talent in the two conferences is just – Head and shoulders different, and it just it again upset me that uh, Continental Drift, man, it, the the Pangea or whatever it is, it really screwed up the Sacramento Kings, man. Why couldn't yeah. somehow Sacramento have ended up on the East Coast? Yeah, yeah, it, it's and the Knicks have been playing good ball, but yeah, even though the records are similar, you got to think they're playing more Eastern Conference teams, yeah. so exactly. there's really no way to 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 measure it a, until you play. Those teams and the Magic have played the Kings tough, and they've they've been going. They're, they're young, yeah, right. And the Knicks are trying to figure their thing out. We know who the cream. We think we know who the cream of the crop is in in the East, but yeah, in the West, it's a it's a real yeah. real mess, and it's going to be a fight till the end for the Kings if they want to get this done. All right, got to get to a break. When we get back, Chris Duarte enter, enters the chat. Haven't heard from him in a while, and he has some things to say and do last night against the Nuggets. Styles and Watkins, Sacktown Sports. Chris Duarte comes off the curl. He's open. He launches. He scores the three-pointer. Chris Duarte has the Sacramento bench up, waving towels and active. Ties it at 85. Chris Duarte has found himself back in the rotation. And he made it happen. He made it happen. You know, he got in, took advantage of his situation, and gets the DPOG crown for his fourth quarter minutes. Chris, were you surprised when you saw him hop in? Like I said, I was I was cooking as well, and I and I was double checking did somebody get injured? Yeah. What happened here? And he just got an opportunity. Yeah, no, I had no idea what it was about. Um, you know, Mike Brown has talked about just kind of keeping guys on their toes and. Uh, you know, always making sure guys are available. He also uh, later in in uh, we played some sound of Mike Brown talking about guys banged up. He did mention Duarte as well uh, as somebody who's been banged up throughout this year. So maybe something that we haven't heard about. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it was really surprising to see him go to him. I I really don't know why. Like I don't know what Mike Brown's uh, logic or or thought process was. I don't know if he felt like they just needed an uptick in, in defensive intensity. Mm-hmm. If he uh, felt like they needed another shooter out there or what it was, but it was the right button to press because Duarte came in, uh, has looked like how he's looked really a, a lot of the season defensively where he's just in the dude's grill, gr- like hounding him, possibly a little bit too handsy, but uh, I think in that moment it, it definitely worked out, played some great defense, uh, got a big offensive rebound or a tap out uh, on an offensive rebound that ended up being a turnover, but um, was still really good effort, hit a huge 
like a huge three yes, he did. Uh, to tie it up at 85 where I don't know about you, but I did not believe that that shot was going in even for a second. He, he, he got Michael Porter Jr. to fly off um, on a closeout and then kind of set himself up, let it fly, and just nailed it. Mm-hmm. Um, he also did error three pretty bad a couple moments later on potential foul. He but, checked. He checked. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, it was a great moment. I just think it was a really good moment for him. I thought it was cool of Mike Brown to give him uh, the defensive player of the game crown because that's that's like, again, a, a character win. That's something, again, Mike Brown can say, hey, man, remember when I went to Chris? He hadn't played. Uh, I think Katie said it on the broadcast he'd played six minutes in the past 15 games. I just went to Duarte in that fourth quarter, and he's, that's the definition of – Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Mm-hmm. And uh, he gave him good minutes, and it's an example to everyone. Sasha Vazenkov, man, like, I know Sasha's going to be hurt, but, like, somebody who's in his kind of situation where yeah. it's like, hey, just because you're not getting minutes doesn't mean I'm not thinking about you, doesn't mean I'm not trying to get you in, doesn't mean you won't be checked in. Mm-hmm. So just stay ready, and I promise you the opportunity will come. And I, I think it's really big for everybody on the team to see something like that. And and that's the kind of thing that brings a team closer together because, you know, if anybody does complain, it's it's on a leader to say, man, what are you talking about? Like, remember remember what Duarte did. Like, mm-hmm. that can be you. You just got to be ready for your opportunity. And, uh, yeah, I thought, it was a, I thought it was just a really cool moment, frankly, in a season that hasn't had many, mm-hmm. like, key moments like that. Like, last year there's – you know, Deeron's game winners we can think about. There's Kevin Herter setting Golden One Center ablaze, breaking the mics and all that stuff. We really haven't had much fun this season. Right. Hasn't had a lot of fun moments. And um, I don't know if, you know, Duarte entering the game is going to be something we're going to talk about during the offseason. But I think it was uh, I think it was a moment for sure for this team, even if it was just for, for the day. Yeah, and I'm not really worried about you know everybody saying well what about the rotation and I think there are some holes but if you look at it you know a lot of these guys deep you get into the playoffs they're not their their rotations aren't going more than nine no really I mean, more like eight yeah they're going eight they're more going like eight. eight so if you some look seven. right here you have the starters okay obviously and then after that you got Trey Lyles that's six yep. Monk that's seven and then maybe you rock and roll with that and, and or maybe you find one more guy if it's Alex Len or if it's JaVale, some some version of an eight. So honestly, this idea that the Kings don't have a solidified rotation, it's not really true because things are just going to get boiled down so much in the playoffs. You're not going to see you're, – you're just not going to see a lot of players, period. I think you might. I think you're going to see a good bit of like we saw Davion in the playoffs last year guarding Steph. I think you're you're probably going to see matchup dependent Davion. I mean Keon Ellis. I would assume they gave him a contract for a reason. I think we're going to see a good bit of Keon. It wouldn't surprise me if we see Duarte either. I I just think. But that, I think that's that eight slot though. It's just going to be whoever Mike. Now to, I guess what I'm saying is. I don't think you need that eight slot solidified. I think it can be fluid, and that's what it is right now. I think you do. I think you need to know your rotation. You have to know your guys going into the playoffs. I think that's – like, yeah, you, you just have to know what you're going to do going into every game, especially in the postseason. I, I think that's what the rest of this season is going to be about is by is trying to figure out I, – I would imagine it's probably going to be nine guys, ideally, Mike Brown would like to go with and then probably cut it down to eight. But 
I, I think the rest of this season is going to be Davion versus Keon. All right, who's going to win those 10 minutes mm-hmm. at backup point guard? Can we get Duarte involved? Can we get Alex Len or JaVale? I mean, I hope Alex Len can lock down a spot, but can we rely on Alex Len every single matchup? He won't have to, you know, get taken out after game three and then never seen again. I, I think that that's what the rest of this season from Mike Brown is going to be about, is about – how do we get this team as ready for the playoffs as possible with those rotational minutes? And, you know, who knows? Maybe even our guy Mason Jones. It wouldn't surprise me if he enters uh, the chat as well. I, I I watched him in that Stockton game, and I, I really think he could be a steadying presence offensively for this team. And a dude who you look at his G League numbers, you look at his NBA numbers, he can shoot the ball. So uh, it would not surprise me if, if we see some Mason Jones thrown in there too. I just don't know that the way – Coach Mike Brown has has handled the rotation this first. I know De'Aaron Fox says stop saying half of the season because it's not I halfway know, through. But it I'm really sorry, bothers De'Aaron. him. But it's just easier to say De'Aaron. Yeah. I'm sorry. Last third. There yes, we go. Is that yes. better? Uh, the, the first, the pre-All-Star break, the yeah. way that Coach Mike Brown has handled the rotation, I just don't believe he, he's he got to handle it differently because I don't believe he can handle it the way he handled it prior to the All-Star break. And to your point, I just don't think he's going to get an answer based on the way he's been handling it. I think if he wants to get an answer, he's got to give guys certain amount of game. You just can't randomly. So Chris Duarte plays a great eight minutes the game before the All-Star break, so a week. Mm-hmm. Okay, he's going to go by, and then we're going to come back, and is he going to play? I mean, I just I don't know. He doesn't really I mean, you've got to throw him out there. Do you? I don't know. I don't know, right? You definitely need to. Yeah. I mean, you got to you got to get an answer. I mean, you're, you're heading towards the playoffs. What's important is that you're peaking, you're you're getting acclimated at the right time. I just don't know if out of Duarte, Keon and Davion, I don't know if any of them are going to do something. The reason I don't think that you'll get an answer is cuz I don't think that any of them have the facilities, Big Man, to to show up and and make it clear, right? Like, I think if someone was going to make it clear, it would have already happened. They've all had ample opportunities. So, regardless of how Mike Brown decides to move forward with the rotation, I just don't know what somebody would do. They are who they are. Yeah, but, I mean, Duarte's been a guy who has hit shots in the past. And in the same way that we said, like, we hope Kevin Herter gets hot at some point. It's the same with Chris Duarte. Like, if Chris Duarte starts to get on a heater, starts to get – he's had no confidence all year. No, like, I he know. has not been able to hit shots. If he can get if, – if this can be the start of him gaining some confidence with this team, feeling like he belongs, and then, yeah, it doesn't have to be he's shooting – 45%. It's just like, can he get to be a 38% shooter and and play the defense that he played all year? Like, that'll get him TD. Like, those TD minutes are still kind of open for this year. Davion was a part of the playoff rotation last season. I think that he's – I mean, De'Aaron's got to get a break some point. I don't think they're going to – we've seen them run Malik Monk at the backup point guard, but they've gone away from that completely I think they have to have some form of a backup point guard, and no, I know, that's going to be to Keon and, and Davion to try and lock down. But I think there's, you're still operating off of who gets hot. That That's my point. But I think the hope is that it's not about getting hot. It's about getting comfortable yeah. into the rotation. It's about, I mean, yes, initially you get hot, but I think it's about, okay, now I feel solidified in the rotation how do I establish a role? Or I mean, each series is probably going to dictate their own roles, but 
I just think it's about getting in the rotation and getting consistent. It's a 28-game sprint. It's not like you're asking for a ton of consistency. You're just asking, can you do what we need you to do? And you don't have to be spectacular, but just go out there and and give us good minutes because at the end of the day, especially in the playoffs with guys like Keon, with guys like uh, Davion, we're just asking for – a five-minute stint of just don't lose us the game while De'Aaron's not out there. Because to me, Davion has actually – I have to look at the splits, but it feels like Davion has been shooting the three ball better. A lot better. But that's what I'm saying, though. So And he's back in the rotation. Now. He's back in the rotation. But now, but now, as we come to All-Star break, if if I just have no clue how long Mike Brown is going to ride with somebody. If Davion goes cold – like you said, there's not a lot of time. But he's experimenting. Like, he's got 82 games to figure out this this current team. And he's going to use all 82 to figure out who do I trust in the playoffs. Yeah, It's all about trust. It's all about gaining trust because, you know, weird things happen in the playoffs. People will be cold all season long and then all of a sudden go on the biggest heater of their life. Like, it's just about who Mike Brown trusts to be out there with the season on the line. Yeah. All right. Got to get to a break. When we get back, we are joined by Brad from SF Niners. He is going to give his thoughts on Steve Wilkes and the 49ers parting ways. Also, the future of the Niners. Then we'll get back into some Kings talk. Styles and Watkins, Sacktown Sports.